The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. How can I rebuild my coaching practice in a way that really feels like me? In today's episode, listener Joy shares a fascinating story of growing joy, iconic entrepreneurial legacy, becoming involved in that family business, and then starting running and selling multiple companies before moving into the coaching space. Then after losing some momentum during the pandemic and now being ready to step back into coaching in a more authentic and focused way, she asks, when you're rebuilding, how do you find the confidence to show up, ignore all the shiny object advice that can so easily take you off track, and build around who you really are and what you need and want to offer? When it comes to building a coaching practice, Joy asks, how do you put yourself out there in an authentic way? And when building a business in a saturated market, how do you avoid the comparison trap and find the courage to stay where you want to be? and own your unique talent and offering. That is something that I think we have all been grappling with in so many different domains, no matter what your job is. And on deck with me this week, from the Spark Brain Trust to help tease out what really matters and share insights and ideas, is Jenny Blake. Jenny is a podcaster, career and business strategist, and an award-winning author of three books, Life After College, The Groundbreaking Pivot for Navigating What's Next, and her recently published free time for optimizing what's now. And quick note, you'll hear us mention something we call sparkotypes in conversations. So what is that? Turns out we all have a unique imprint for work that makes us come alive. This is your sparkotype. When you discover yours, everything, your entire work and life, even parts of your personal life and relationships, they just begin to make more sense. And until you know yours, well, we're kind of fumbling in the dark. And just like today's listener did, you can discover your Sparkotype for free at sparkotype.com. You'll find a link in the show notes. Now on to our listener's story and question. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked. Hi there. My name's Joy. General Life Circumstances. I'm 45 years old. I am the youngest daughter of Auntie Anne Byler of Auntie Anne's Soft Pretzels, lived that life uh, with my parents and with my family for many, many years until they sold the company and had a lot of great opportunities to learn about business and to work in the real world of business. Um, I've owned businesses, sold businesses, ran companies, all the things. And I find myself at a place in life where I really enjoy coaching now uh, small business owners. So I've been dabbling in that for the last few years. The onset of COVID really kind of threw me off of my trajectory. So currently I am trying to relaunch my coaching practice uh, for small business owners. My spark types are my primary is advisor. My shadow type is essentialist, which is no surprise to me whatsoever. My specific question, how can I rebuild my coaching practice in a way that really feels like me? For example, what are some things to consider when wanting to put myself out there in an authentic way? 
you know, there's a lot of voices out there in the world and it's really hard to not compare yourself to others when thinking about my branding in particular. It's it's hard to not compare myself to others and really just have the confidence to put myself out there. I think that what I offer, you know, is unique. It's truly helpful and it really lights me up, honestly, but I'm kind of scared. I'm a little bit scared to put myself out there, particularly at this time in my life, starting something new like this. So anyway, thank you for listening and I love your show. Thanks for all the work that you're doing. Bye. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we have been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. So such an interesting question and such an interesting life that she's lived. I mean, she's, you know, she sort of like comes up in this family that has built a brand that is, you know, like known throughout the world and like becomes involved in that business. And then that, you know, like sent her into the world of business and the world of entrepreneurship, owning, building, selling, it sounds like many times over. And then it sounds like she's in a season of her life where she's like, I kind of want to, I want to now really center that advisor impulse like that and, and be the coach, but she's got questions, you know, and, and um, like mentions in part that, you know, COVID really threw her off. And at the same time, it sounds like there are also just other bigger questions that probably regardless of the current world circumstance are there to explore and to grapple with. I, I feel like there are a number of layers that we could sort of like go into here. Where would you start here, Jenny? Well, I was smiling listening to Joy's question because if anybody can do this, it's her. She's had a front row seat to business building at the highest levels, at the most complexity and different scenarios within Auntie Anne's and then her experience building and selling companies outside of it. And so now she's pivoting again into her own venture. And I, I'm guessing what's most nerve wracking is that it's the most forward she has been in terms of associating with the brand that is her business. And it's also vulnerable because she's leaning into this new direction. And really what I'm hearing is wanting to put herself out there and her ideas. I don't know anybody who is 
isn't nervous at a precipice like this one who doesn't have imposter syndrome. I know people at the highest levels who say that they still feel it every day and they keep going. So most of all, I'm just really excited for Joy because she's got this. She knows how to do this. And I also feel that it's important sometimes as a coach, the universe will give you challenges and make you go through things, which she's doing almost as patient zero so that she deeply understands the vulnerability of being a small business owner and can coach her coachees with that level of insight and her unique experience and her unique way of solving problems as applied to this very juncture of going in a new direction. Yeah, I mean, it, it is so interesting, right? Especially because, and I've seen this phenomenon with folks, with the friends that I know and colleagues and, and people who I, I, I don't know well, where you have deep experience in big business and really well-developed and articulated brands. And then you've even gone on and sort of like created multiple versions of your own businesses like and grown into significant things. But it's always been the product, the service, the brand, the thing that was not you as a human being centered in the offerings and also the positioning, the messaging, the branding around it, which on the one hand, you know, can be really good business sense, especially if you're trying to build a sellable entity. And there's all sorts of really intelligent reasons to do that. And it lets you free yourself individually and, and build systems and process and people to let it scale. And on the other hand, even if it's not the intention, it also provides us a certain amount of protection because if people reject the thing or the message or the brand or the positioning, um, or the service or the product or the offering, well, we can we can draw a line and say, okay, so we didn't get that right, but it's actually not me personally that's on the line, that's being judged, that's being either received or not, and the, or that may have to sort of like pivot the way that I personally present myself and also how I may want to actually present myself as an individual to be really authentic. So it gives us the ability to, to a certain extent, not have to grapple with that on a deeply personal level, even though we have to grapple with it on an entity level. And then stepping into a new mode of service where it is you front and center, it's a whole different thing. <laughs> it, it can be personally just really, and like you said, no matter how accomplished you've been in the business world, it can be really unsettling. <laughs> And we're all navigating such tumultuous times. So any business owner who thought they were confident and knew what they were doing a few years ago is turned upside down now anyway. So in a way, Joy, you know, you're not alone in this and you're not alone in the fact that COVID, COVID offered several setbacks to you as, as to so many people. So I wouldn't take that personally. Don't beat yourself up over that. It's all unfolding as it's meant to. And I also feel like something that's different now in the context of pivoting or having a more intimate brand association with your business that wasn't present maybe when Joy was growing up and experiencing her family business is the proliferation of social media. I call it sailing the sea of shiny shoulds. Not only are all these tools so shiny and it feels like we need to be everywhere all at wait, once. Wait, wait, say, say that again. Sailing the sea. <laughs> sailing the sea of, of shiny, shiny shoulds. shoulds. Yes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> thank you. I used to call it sailing the sea of sexy shoulds, but then I, you know, I don't know, thought maybe that was too... <laughs> <laughs> too far. But the, the the thing that makes them shiny shoulds is that there's a it, it's not easy to say no to them. So you know, you like each tool, each app, it offers this little siren call, like you better be over here. Well, if you're not over here, you're missing out. Well, you're you're not over here now, you're missing customers. And so they're shiny because we're not able to immediately reject them sometimes. We feel like there's a pull. And if I'm gonna be a good business owner, I should do all these things. There's the should word again. 
So not only are they shiny in that way and overwhelming and more than any one person can reasonably handle, two, we're not going to be good at all of them. And three, the biggest thing that these tools all foment is compare and despair. Part of the reason that I stopped being on social media actively is because I felt worse every time I closed an app. It made me covetous. It made me jealous. It made me feel not good enough. And I could go to years of therapy to deal with that, or I could just not sign on. Or if I do sign on, I curate feeds of puppies and bunnies and... (laughs) all kinds of cute things. So it is possible to run a business without being on all the socials. I would say pick one or two channels that deeply resonate. For me, it's two podcasts and two newsletters. That's it. And that's where I'm able to do deep thinking and ongoing public original thinking. I do think it's important to think out loud on in one or two places where people can keep up with you, learn from you, or you build trust. But I would say right now, Joy, give yourself permission to say no to whatever doesn't spark joy. Yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, and when thinking about, because it sounds like a part of what's going on um, with Joy is, and, and she, she, you know, she says this in sort of like the way that she tees up the variations of her question. She said, you know, it feels like, for example, what are some things to consider when I want to put out, put myself out there in an authentic way? So she wants to feel like she's not just creating this fictional thing that goes out into the world and because maybe she knows she's a you know, great business builder. She knows like th- that would, quote, get me clients. She wants to be her. She wants to lead with who she is, with her identity, with her impulses, with her values, which is so important, you know? And then she says right after that, like, there's a lot of voices out there in the world, really hard not to compare yourself to others. With your branding in particular, it's hard not to compare yourself to others. And there are a lot of people saying this is the right way to do things now. And I think sometimes that's the other message that we get tripped up by, which is we think that when somebody says that, that, well, that is the gospel, like that is the rule, rather than just saying, well, what they're actually saying is, this is the way that I did something. These are the decisions that I made that just happened to work for me. Maybe they would work for you. And oftentimes they're not presented that way, actually, (laughs) especially if somebody is selling a service or a course or an offering, which basically says, here's how to do what I did, because then there's an incentive to actually say, this is, you know, quote, the way. So it can be really confusing. And I think there's two sides to this, you know, and, and Joy, you'll know this, you know, like we always consider as founders and entrepreneurs and business builders, this notion of what, you know, the industry calls product market fit, right? You know, we've got to figure out what does the market need? How, like, how do they want to deliver to them? And we've got to figure out that fit, like a product or service that actually fits what they want and need at a price point they want it. That's important. We don't discount that. But at the same time, for years, I focused on what I called for for a while product maker fit, but now I just basically call product spark fit because it's really like at the same time, we tend to discount whether delivering something that the market wants will also be an, an organic and nourishing conduit for how we want to show up and serve and build and and interact with the world around us because nobody really talks about that in the world of business. But if we don't focus on that, it can also be this thing where you end up building an entity that is outwardly successful, but you feel like you've built something that you don't want to show up at anymore because it's so personally depleting. Um, And I know, Jenny, we have both built elements of that in different businesses of ours over the years and had to then grapple with it and almost like unwind or to use your word, pivot like pretty heavily internally because Mm. from something that was our own creation, which is a little counterintuitive, but it happens. Yes. And sometimes you don't know until you build it all out and then it's this culling process 
of saying, okay, I've built all this, but I think this is where her shadow sparkotype of the essentialist is going to come in really handy. So we know advisor, who's who's a better person to advise other business owners than Joy because of how much experience she's had. And what I think would be cool, Joy, is you've had a front row seat for your entire life. And if you apply that advisor essentialist skill of collecting all of that, creating some order from the chaos of everything you've seen and learned, all the mistakes you've seen, all the failures, all the pivots within the businesses you've been part of and what you've learned as a leader. I mean, you just have so much life experience to mine, probably more than anyone I know. And I know we don't even know you very well, that I think the more specific you can also be, because one thing that helps me refine what I'm saying and feel more confident, because I liked at the end, Joy said, I do feel really confident. I do have something to offer. You know, deep down, you know that. I like to also be really specific about who it's for. So Jonathan, mm. you mentioned sometimes we, we build ourselves into a corner. And the thing that almost counterintuitively has gotten me out is being more specific. So at one point I said, oh, I love working with side hustlers and solopreneurs. And then as I shifted and evolved, I said, I like working with heart-based business owners. And I thought I was going to drive all these people away. Instead, what happened was I became so clear on my message, so clear on how I talk about business. And then it actually attracted a lot of people, even people who don't want to be on social media. So the more I've taken my own little stands, the more that I've said I'm looking for people who are generous and creative and fill in the blank adjective, the more, the happier I've become and the less I compare myself to others because I almost can stop trying to beat everybody else in business. I'm never going to be this hard driving, data driven, metrics obsessed up into the writer. I'm more of a lifestyle entrepreneur, <laughs> you know, and I just need to admit that and then lean into that and try to give people something unique in that arena. And I think there's an opportunity to do that here as well. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think we could probably get a pretty decent sense for who Joy is interested in and in, in being of service of. You know, the other thing that jumped out at me also, because part of her question feels like it's also around, because she literally mentions the word, like when I'm thinking about my branding in particular, it's hard not to compare myself to others and really have the confidence to put that out there. So I'm going to swap on my copywriter hat for a hot minute. So many people don't know this because I don't lead with it, but I've spent many years um, studying with like legendary copywriters and learning how, you know, the, the, the dark and light arts of, and, and all, you know, like shades in between and colors of the spectrum of um, copywriting. It's a fascinating world. Years ago, you know, and copywriting is really just, it is how to create language, whether it's written, whether it's visual, whether it's audio, that in some way shares who you are, what you have to offer in a way where those who you want to be in service of find it compelling enough to say, I'm curious, let me, let me explore more and learn more and see if this is right for me, right? So it's teeing yourself up for that way. There, when you see people doing that very often, there's a lot of hyperbole. There are a lot of big grand things and a lot of adjectives. So I learned years ago from this legendary copywriter, this one line that has never left me, which is adjectives are the refuge of those who don't have facts. And it, it really jumps out at me in Joy's case right now, because it's sort of like when she's talking about branding and how to like, how do I put myself out there in a way that feels authentic? A lot of times we think we have to like say all these things and position ourselves the way people tell us to position ourselves. In, in Joy's case in particular, she has got the fact and probably like very few others do. So I would literally sit down and make a list and of, of basically here are the, the things that I have done. Here are the facts that I have pointed to as credibility indicators for my competence and my value. 
that are very unique to me, right? And my guess is that's going to be a reasonably long list, right? Where if you literally take that list and it doesn't have to be an ego-driven list, like a boasty type of thing, you're literally just writing out the fact, you know, it's like, I have built and sold X businesses. I took, you know, a company from this to this to this. I have worked with X number of people to help develop these strategies. Literally just writing that out. That type of experience actually is so rare in the marketplace, so unusual that simply basically literally sharing a bullet list of types of things like that, that alone, like you don't have to worry about like, how do I position myself and how do I tell the story in a way that makes it, how do I like forget about the narrative and the adjectives for a minute and just start with the facts, the facts of where you've been, what you've accomplished, um, what you're capable of, and the, you know, the, the checklist of things that you can point to and what you'll very likely find. My guess is this list is going to be so powerfully differentiating from so many others who would hold themselves out as coaches or consultants in a business context or an entrepreneurship context, that that alone is probably not only going to be really valuable from a marketing and a positioning standpoint, but in terms of, of joy, like feeling competent and confident, like, oh, this is who I am. Like I get to point to this in a way that nobody else does and, and lead with that. And this is authentically me. This is what I've done. Like I don't have to make anything up or use any fancy word. That I think could be a really interesting exercise in not just centering confidence and competence, but also being something to lead with and build around in terms of how do I position myself and, and put myself back out in the market. I'm curious what your take is on that, Jen. I love that. I love that exercise. I think that's an amazing idea. And she has so many unique slices. The fact that it's brick and mortar, the fact that it, the family business was a franchise, the fact of how much revenue and the size and scale of the operations selling that business, all the businesses she's done since. So, I mean, that list is going to get long. I would also encourage Joy for you to reflect on, imagine you have a line out the door for coaching clients. Who are you looking for? Who are you most yeah. energized by? What types of problems do you love helping people solve. And you'll get clear for yourself just as you go. Sometimes I think you need to just keep coaching. And with each client, you learn and refine a little more. But I remember in the early days when I was coaching, there were some clients that were deep in life crisis. And those didn't energize me as much as the ones that wanted to like optimize their team and their time through smarter systems, you know, that kind of thing. And there was a part of me that felt almost guilty, but I realized I I just don't have as much energy and some people I know thrive and they'll be much better suited to other coaches. So within this realm of business coaching, who would you be most excited to get an email from saying, can you help me with this? And it, the clearer you get on that, that also goes on to your website and your branding of, and you are dot, 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 fill in the blank. And here's the stage you're at. And if you're at this stage and you're feeling like this, get in touch. The other thing, if you're feeling insecure about brand, I mean, it's true. There is so much noise. There are a gazillion coaches out there now. I have invested heavily in brand strategy in my business. It's probably the thing I've spent the most money on over the years is branding in addition to various contractors and team members. And so I don't think it's a bad idea at some point to go through with a partner, a formal brand strategy exercise where you really dig deep, you distill the essence of who you are and what you do, and they help you do that, then you get all the beautiful visuals, of course, everything that comes at the very end of that process. I have always felt more confident in my business when I have gone through that and I have invested money and I actually do have a unique visual voice for my business that fully expresses who I am. I, I really believe in investing in that. 
Yeah, I, I love that. And I completely agree with it. Um, and by the way, I, I love the branding that you develop around your offerings too. <laughs> so it really is, is powerful and clear and distinct in the marketplace. Um, mm. I want to start to bring this back and come full circle a little bit. You know, if we take it back to Joy's primary um, sparkotype, the advisors, like that is an impulse, which is all about um, guiding somebody through a process of growth. It is also a deeply relational impulse, right? This, the Part of it is not just helping somebody, whether it's an entrepreneur or founder, like build their business or solve problems along the way, be a sounding board to them. Part of it is the the depth and, and the quality of the relationship that you build over time as a trusted advisor. And there's a level of intimacy there that generally is a part of what allows somebody with this impulse to be nourished, to be satisfied, to be fulfilled. In the shiny object bucket of like, as you're stepping back into it and figuring out how do I build it, I have no doubt that part of the things that will be offered to you are do this, do that, build these big things, which may in fact help you scale revenue or or build like different streams of income. And at the same time, many of those things may take you out of that mode of being deeply relational and and walking beside people as they go through their process. So just always be on alert of things that might break that container. They break the relationship container, the intimacy, the trust, the the longevity of it, because you may find yourself having or building other things or other revenue streams, but then being deeply unsatisfied because it, you're taking yourself away from the fundamental aspects of service that actually are most nourishing to you. Um, so that's another thing that just kind of popped out at me. Jenny, is, is there anything else on your mind that you feel like is, is important to bring into this conversation before we wrap? Well, I love what you're saying. It's, oh gosh, there we go again. Cause like sometimes when you know how to build a bigger business, almost it's like it, it takes on a life and a momentum of its own. And before you know it, like you said, Jonathan, we get back in that stuck place where we're not enjoying the day to day. So this is a very ripe opportunity. I mean, we've all had this the last few years, but to really reimagine how do you want your days to look? How do you want to spend them? How much time do you want to work in your business? Is it 20 hours a week? Is it 10? That's fine. You know, like you can, you can develop when I was coaching, I had clients only on A and C weeks every month and only on Thursdays. And I started to really block and batch when I was working with people so that I always had two weeks off every month or I always had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, no coaching calls. And there are ways to get creative with how you structure your time. I mean, maybe I don't have to say this even, we all know this by now, but I just think I love what you're saying about being really intentional of building a business that fully embraces and enhances and helps you express your sparkotype. Because it does sound like Joy's been familiar with it for a few years now, which is amazing to see it kind of unfold. My friends and I call it the yellow brick road. You know, you just take one step and then the next few magical bricks are shown and then another step and the next few bricks unfold. And the other thing about being an advisor is that I think what's unique about that in terms of self-expression is that it's going to be really satisfying for you to share not just the shiny, to go back to that word, but your experience and the roller coaster of where you're at that what I find most fulfilling in the advisor coach role is sometimes sharing what I call truth while it's fresh. What, truth while it's fresh. What is true for me now that I am still working through or I'm still experiencing? And Joy's question around all this is one of those examples of just being vulnerable and sharing is a form of advising. You don't always have to be the end all be all expert. Sometimes just sharing your process and your journey is inspiring to other people who go, well, if Joy has all that experience and she still feels nervous about the next direction, then it's okay if I do too. 
Love that. Love that. And that feels like a good place for us to wrap today. I hope we've shared some valuable insights for um, joy, for advisor types, and also for everyone. There's a lot of broadly applicable ideas and invitations here in today's conversation. Jenny, thanks so much as always. And to our fabulous listening community, thank you. Thank you for showing up. We will see you all again next week. Take care. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a little something about your own quest to come alive and work in life, and maybe feel a little bit less alone along this journey to find and do what sparks you. And if you'd love to share your own moment and question with us, we would love to hear from you. Just go ahead and click on the submissions link in the show notes to get the details on how to do that. And remember, if you're at a moment of exploration, looking to find and do or even create work that makes you come more fully alive, that brings more meaning and purpose and joy into your life. Take the time to discover your own personal Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. It'll open your eyes to a deeper understanding of yourself and open the door to possibility like never before. And hey, if you're finding value in these conversations, please just take an extra second right now to follow and rate Sparked in your favorite podcast app. This is so helpful in helping others find the show and growing our community so that we can all come alive and work in life together. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked.